Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Well, 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 welcome and happy new year still. This is Ken Rashawn on Voice America and with our lovely producer, Andrea Adams-Miller from the Red Carpet Connection, with our primary sponsor being the Keep Smiling Movement. We'll identify our other sponsors at the break. So it has been a very, very busy week since the last time we were on the air. I was on the Marketers Cruise, which I'll talk about in a second. And Andrea, I think you were travel- doing a U.S. tour and landing in several several amazing events. So I actually don't even remember what events they are. Can you give a brief, brief uh, what they were and who was kind of notable? Absolutely. I'll give you the rundown of the highlights. So the first one was in Jacksonville, Florida, Commercial Construction and Renovation Conference with uh, David Corson as the host. It's the top decision makers from like Kaiser Permanente and CVS and more. I met Al Thomas. He's a multimillionaire, AAA Enterprises. actually knew him from the past. He's going to be working with us. And Chris Damanio, he's from Permit Place. He knows the top influencers all over the world. Pretty amazing. And Adam Halverson from Sarah Graphics, a top signing company. Um, He has actually talked to us about streamlining how we do the Keep Smiling books. Pretty uh, significant people there. And then um, talk, oh, sorry, Ken, did you have something to say? No, I'm saying, cool, that's pretty awesome. Streamlining (laughs) system. I mean, I'm all about it. With 100 (laughs) books, moving to 1,000 books, of course. Uh, We can with Adam behind us. Uh, Next, I was at, uh, where did I go next? The Dirt Merchants Trilogy. We were filming with Henning Morales, actually. I got to be an extra in the filming of their latest movie. Met some of their top um, actors and actresses. And uh, Henning is doing an amazing job. They're actually going to be filming in Italy with Clarissa Burt and some other amazing people. She's that supermodel from Italy. So that went extremely well. And then I was at Significant Edge Summit. The host is Ashton Harvey, and he teach, teaches people really the top sales mastery. And I had a really great time with uh, Lindsay Brooks and Peter Mendham. Actually, last minute, they asked me if I'd like to do a pitch like they do a Shark Tank for the Keep Smiling movement. So with no warning, no preparation, got up and did it and apparently bedazzled everyone. I've been getting feedback all weekend that people are impressed and are people who are raising their hand to step up to say, how can we help you with funding and connection to more people and doing books of their own. So very exciting there. Um, Lindsay, by the way, and P- uh, Lindsay sold over like $20 billion worth of products on HSM. So that's that's pretty, actually $20 billion more than I have. So yeah. So <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah, well, Peter's awesome too. Uh, one, more, one more okay, event too. Uh, LifeWave X39. Uh, my host was Simone Kovelheim. Uh, she's um, a person that's a part of this company. It's uh, actually an MLM company, but it's uh, all about stem cell and research and so forth. They have really high level clinical trials. And I got to speak with the CEO, David Schmidt, and Dr. Mel- Melinda Connors um, about how all of this technology technology with frequencies work and her yeah. testimonials and all the clinical research trials. So uh, super exciting stuff about uh, neuroplasticity and getting people back by reactivating their own stem cells with crystals that are repackaged uh, and remade so that they can change people's lives. Very impactful. 
Well, that's amazing what you've already accomplished uh, going in the first 27 days of the year to go to all those events. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> you just did that in the last five days. Got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. And it sounds like those are all events that have extraordinary leaders that are leading with their heart and causing positive impact. So hopefully we'll have them on to shed a little more light on how others can be inspired to lead with their heart, like our amazing guest today, Ajit. So I wanted to give a little cameo because I'm going to be going to an event this, I'm spending a lot of time in Florida. So first of all, I noticed I went, you should, well, the first part of the year, you should live there. <laughs> yeah, I, it almost seems so. So I went to the marketers cruise and a couple people asked about where you were, like a hundred. I'm glad I was missed. Yes, um, actually, I had people texting me uh, all weekend and Facebook messaging and WhatsApp. Where are you? I can't find you. Where are you on the ship? So thank you, Ken, for letting me know. Yes, and um, our beloved Iman Agay uh, defied the odds. He won the Heart of Gold two <gasps> years in a row and, and two times because once it's done, it's done. But he had 80% of the the votes uh, this year and they couldn't dispute that that must mean that he's supposed to get it again. So they're thinking about making a diamond heart instead of a golden heart or something, you know, another level higher because it was just over the top. So that is awesome because I've won that award. And then the very next year I had won it again, but because they had that rule, um, I don't know how many votes I had. They said I had like, I don't know, so many more than the other people. Um, And (laughs) so I was supposed to have won it the second year, but because of the rule, I didn't. So I'm so excited that they did that for Amon. I'm I'm really honored to be in the same. There's only been uh, 12 of us in the world who have won that Heart of Gold Award. 450 people vote on us. It's pretty, pretty honoring. Well, the thing that's, I think, the coolest about it is it's about nice guys finish first or nice ladies finish first because in this world of conversion and see how many sales you can make and how much abundance or materialism you can create, um, these people are sought after because they have beautiful hearts and they're uh, people that do so much good, you really can't make a bad investment by going through their programs and learning how they have a life they love and they're also making positive impact. So I don't want to uh, talk about all the things we've done last week and miss this opportunity to be with Ajit, who I've been chasing for like a year to be on the yes. show. He's, he's an amazing two, person. Two, two years. years. Only two years. That's right. <laughs> but I do want to give a shout out to a Mark. Uh, Mark Porteous, if you give him uh, just a, a little 20-second warm-up, I'd like sure. to talk, have him talk about the uh, event he has coming up. Yeah, Mark Porteous, I'm excited about this. He's a soul connector. He really helps people build the soul connections to thrive in your purpose at your deepest innate level of human nature. Uh, looks like he's doing some pretty cool things in the world. Really takes you through your core values, through your index assessment that he has as a free gift to everyone, and then helps them really tap in so that they can live the life that they were really meant to live. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Well, thank you both so much. I, I really appreciate uh, the invitation and uh, hearing all that you're up to. Uh, Amana Guy is also a dear friend of mine. I, I'm, I'm grateful that he was able to win the second year. And again, I just am really impressed with all of the amazing work that you're doing around uh, creating alignment with soul purpose, which is the, the work, core of my work. Yeah, and, and you know we love to do cameos for people that are doing an event that are attracting uh, soul leaders, people that are leading with their heart, very aligned with not only our show, our mission, but really inspiring people that are not inspired that they can make a difference because everyone can make a difference. Uh, Iman is certainly an example of someone that came to the United States and had a very tough decision to make of whether he could stay or not because he wasn't succeeding and decided to go all in. And that all in with faith 
um, is rewarded handsomely. So uh, talk about your event. Why did you create it? What is the name of it? And how can people attend if they uh, can so, uh, do so short notice? Sure, absolutely. Uh, we'll, we can start with the end. You can go to soulaffiliatealliance.com, and that will get you to the event page, and that's Soul Affiliate Alliance. And I love that you just said all in with faith because that's really what this event is about. When I first uh, got into the personal development industry, my very first coach basically sold me a lie. He, he asked me, what is my niche? Who, who do I want to serve? And I said, well, um, I really want to be a spiritual coach. And he literally laughed at me and said, well, that, that's nice, but you can't make money uh, as a spiritual coach. You have three options. You can choose health, wealth, or love. In other words, you can teach business and money, you can teach um, uh, well, uh, health and well-being, or you can teach about relationships, which I do all of those things, but it was really important that it was all through the context of spirituality, and um, because of, of hearing that from my very first coach, I kind of uh, took that into my awareness and subconsciously believed it. In fact, he said, uh, you can do spirituality, but you have to sneak it in like medicine and the dog food. You have to lead with one of these three things, and then you can kind of get that in there in the back door. And, um, and, and really, it's been over the last year that I've been fully affirmed of just the opposite, that it's all about leading with soul and that everything else will follow. Cool. Well, you know, our topic today is uh, the, about Ajit, who is, has a book called The Book of Coaching for Extraordinary Coaches. So um, I will just say this will be quite a treat and very aligned to even your event. So um, this year, 2020... What is your, your big vision or, or goal that you hope to accomplish this year? Well, um, for the last seven years, uh, the core of my work has really been around building affiliates and, and joint ventures to help people leverage their expertise uh, and to be able to make a bigger impact and bigger income. And what I have found was the biggest uh, piece of that is around alignment. So my the, the whole purpose of creating the Soul Affiliate Alliance was to identify what does that mean to be in alliance, uh, in alignment with uh, your soul and, and to be able to lead with soul. So uh, the, the whole purpose for me is to be able to find other uh, leaders in the transformation industry, people that are trying to uh, make the world a better place and to be able to bring them together. So for me, this, is, this event is about a soul family reunion and to be able to, uh, to create a structure that allows them to, to build uh, affiliate programs and to be able to uh, do exactly what you do, to, to get more visibility on the people that are doing good in the world. So real quickly, I wanted to uh, have you give the website again, and I wanted to say if people put in the word Amplified or Smile, can they get some type of discount to come to your event? I know that's putting her in the spot, but is that possible? Absolutely. So if they um, email me, is probably the best way. If they can email Mark, at mm-hmm. Mark Porteous, M-A-R-K-P-O-R-T-E-O-U-S dot com and uh, put an Amplified in the subject. I will absolutely do that. We'll give you at least 50% off. Um, again, it is short notice, but if you're available or interested in joining us, that is 2-2-2020 through 2-4. We're going to have a, an incredible event. All the, Day one is all a, a super soul party. It's about aligning with who you are at soul level and being able to tap into your own inner guidance. And it's designed as a more of a mastermind than a conference where there's people just giving you information. So it's, it's about gathering the, the 
wisdom of the whole. And then day two is about uh, connecting to your soul offer, sharing the transformations that you offer and the innovative, unique way that you deliver them. And then day three is really the, the main focus of what I do, connecting to your soul tribe, which is your perfect customers, your dream team, and your affiliate ambassadors. Awesome. You know, a lot of people don't know that uh, Porteus in Latin means the port of love and leadership. So thank you for having a name that is a last name that actually means that. It's really neat to hear you say that that definition. Um, yes, it, it's around. Uh, one of the definitions is the deliverer of the message, but you're, you've got it exactly. And, and that was just me guessing. <laughs> but it actually is yes uh, it's, a, it's actually Scottish more than uh, Latin and it, it yeah. literally does mean the deliverer of the message and I've been running the Inspired Messengers Network for the last four years and really been called uh, the biggest piece of me is, is what you said earlier about being all in with faith mm-hmm. uh, practicing being able to listen to the guidance that we're given inside for our own inner guidance and being able to take inspired action on that it has been all the difference in the world, and I've been guided that I really need to focus on um, helping people to develop more soulful alliances. Well, three quick shout-outs, because it's funny that uh, Dr. Liddy Louise, who is the messenger mm-hmm. also um, and is guided mm-hmm. by several messengers, actually is guiding me into your event, so that's pretty cool. And also... Uh, Orlia Moore, I don't know if you know her, but she's the one who had the speaker boot camp that led me to uh, Dr. Lydia. And I want to give a little shout out to Mark Uziak. Mark Uziak has a podcast called Get Your Mindset. And I was interviewed on the ship. And I have to tell you, he is so committed to finding people like you, Mark. And the fact that you guys are both named Mark, I mean, what are the odds? And there's 7.7 billion people in the world, and you guys are both named Mark. I mean, that's crazy by itself. <laughs> but um, you got to be on Mark. You got to be on Mark Uzik's, uh show because get your mindset, especially since we're so aligned with this journey that we're on. That's about faith and leadership is going to really be something that came out of the show, and and that's what I'm actually spending some time today on all the things that are happening right now. How do you connect the dots? How do you make those dots turn into really high impact? So I don't want to uh, steal any more time away from Ajit, who I have been stalking and chasing for two years. So <laughs> let's bring him on right away. Mark, see you this week coming up. All right. Uh, Andrea, Thank you, if you so please. Thank you, Ajit. Thank you. Uh, so Andrea, please bring Ajit on with a, an amazing welcome in bio. Thank you. I will. Thank you so much. So we have Ajit Nawalka here from us. He came from really humble beginnings and has really made an impact in the world. What he has done to uh, reach out to so many people and to change things. He um, is the CEO of Mind Valley Media and the co-founder of Evercoach and has um, really been doing a lot of inspirational stuff with Grit Institute as well. And although he has such a huge, big impact in the world, his humble now really, really shows. Um, Ajit, please welcome to the show a standing ovation for you. You are such a powerful man and so humble. We really appreciate you for being here with us. Thank you so much, Andrea. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for such a warm introduction. And it was a great conversation you guys were having. I was just totally looped into what you were talking to Mark all about. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, but it's almost the worst week to put you on because there's so much commentary about all the things that are happening right now. And I felt like it was a Saturday Night Live skit where we were going to talk about everything happening 
in the world, <laughs> and then finally the last two minutes say, Ajit, we've been chasing you for two years. What can you say in two minutes that will change? <laughs> you know. So I'm really happy you were patient about that and understood that this is really about a lot of opportunity and inspiration happening all right now. We didn't want to uh, actually take that down because we're playing at such a high level as you are that you got you to bring it to the audience and let people know that this all exists. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I commend you on that. Thank you. So first question I have, your name. Um, where yeah. did it come from? Where were you born? What does it mean? So my name is Ajit, Ajit Navlaka. I was born in India. I was born in a small town in India called Jaipur. Uh, it's basically, if you think about the, the beautiful palaces and everything that you think about when you think about India, like the historic places, Jaipur is one of those kind of places. It's called the Pink City uh, because the old town is completely in pink color almost like a baby pink color. And it's a beautiful place to grow up in, uh, in context of culture. That's where I was born and I grew up in. Uh, but I grew up in a very humble household. Uh, it was, uh, we were 23 people sharing the same space. Uh, we, we had a couple of rooms, but we were 23 people uh, kind of squeezed into it in a way. Uh, and, uh, and that's where I grew up and that's where I come from. And it's, so it, I, I'm sorry I mispronounced your name. I mean, I've, you, you'd think for two years I'd be saying it correct, but I've been saying it incorrect for two years. So it's like a jet, a jet, <laughs> a jet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So it's like the J E T jet and then on in front of it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, That's a good way so, to remember it. And do you speak Hindi? I do speak Hindi. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did, did oh, I do you good there? Oh, now I connected the dots. It was like you dropped it in the middle, so I didn't get catch it. I was like, huh? Okay, got it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you're you're my sole brother because I spent my first year of school in India in New Delhi, and I oh, was wow. the absolute only white kid in a school of I don't know how many uh, kids were from India, but there were a lot, and I was in my nice little okay. white shirt, red what red tie and blue shorts and my little metal school box. And, uh, in new Delhi, I spent my first year of school being the outsider that wow. hon- honestly was very welcome. And I, yeah. I, I, what were you doing in India in, in your school time? <clears throat> like your parents well, were there or something? Or? My dad had been, um, assigned to go to Vietnam and that was, uh, uh-huh. 1969. And my, my mom had a choice of staying, in Missouri or Rhode Island, which were two places she was uh, had lived before with family, or to live with her grandfather, uh, her dad, I'm sorry, her dad, uh, in India, who was teaching agriculture in New Delhi, and she chose that. So my oh, brother wow. and I went to India, and we lived in a, a pretty you know, extravagant palace with, I don't know, nine to... 12 servants, uh, making our lives so much, you know, better and not, not knowing what I had there, but I, I, I will tell you, I have such a love for that culture. And, you know, for one year there was no chairs, there were no, there's no silverware and I ate authentic food, obviously. And mm-hmm. I can't live without it now. I can't live without it. I mean, t- and what's weird, Ajet, I got to tell you, I have been to seven of the eight winners of the world. I have not been to the Taj Mahal, and apparently this April, um, God willing, I will be in at the Taj Mahal with some people. And I'm I'm putting it out there. I'm declaring it right now. But this is going to be amazing because the Dalai Lama is actually in uh, the mix of this particular visit. So, I, I, as a coach. Bye. What do you say to something like that when someone is saying that they want to play that level, like the eighth one of the world, Taj Mahal, 
Dalai Lama, what, mm-hmm. what would the advice be to actually turn the declaration into the reality? Well, what I've found is that the reason why somebody would not take action towards something that is a deep desire is usually the stories that we may have created around that why it's not true for me. You see, what we've done to ourselves as, as there's, there's two real impacts that happen in our, any decision-making, right? First, the stories of the past. And I'm sure you've talked about it multiple times in the show, but what happens really is that every event that happens in our life creates a micro-belief. And sometimes it's a major belief, but most of the time it's a micro-belief. Everything, this conversation is creating a micro-belief in your mind about something, about me, about a conversation, about how to do a particular conversation. We're always creating micro-beliefs. And most of the time, these micro-beliefs are not hurtful. But when a micro-belief is compounded to create a major belief, then even if you're working on the major belief, a lot of those micro-beliefs or the smaller beliefs are still at the bottom. And they're still, it's almost like um, an analogy of understanding this is a think of how a cancer cell develops. Cancer cells, to put really simplistically, is basically overgrown old cells. The cells that are supposed to die, they don't die, and hence they turn into an older cell, and that becomes a cancer cell. And when they compound together, it makes the cancer lump. Now, you may have many times heard somebody got healed of cancer, they were taken out, but a few years later, they got cancer back, right? This usually happens when that lump was taken out, but the micro-small cells that were dead, that were creating and propagating that cancer, were not being able to take out, right? So what happens is they again start to create the big lump. And that's how beliefs work, right? Our past beliefs have always created these macro beliefs, these big beliefs around things that we believe about ourselves. Our identity, if I may say, is attached to these beliefs. Does your identity invite you to say, oh, I'm going to go to Taj Mahal in April, and you will go to Taj Mahal in April because the identity is relevant to the person who goes to the eighth wonder of the world is April, right? So if your, your beliefs are aligned to that, if you don't have anything that is limiting that potential that everybody has, and it's not limited to you or me, there's no special being. Everybody has that capacity of being able to check in as to what is that macro belief that may stop me to be able to even wonder and question if I can be there or I can be that or I can live that or I can have that experience. That doubt is not there. And because the doubt's not there, it's very easy to make it a reality because doubt's the number one killer. But then there's the second thing that may not be true in this particular instance, but it's true for most people when they are about to take an action or about to take or make something a reality, is the fear of the future, which is the stories that we make about what the future will look like. Most of the time you would hear uh, somebody not wanting to go in water or scuba dive because they have a fear of water, which is a fear of, I will die if I go inside water, right? When somebody has that fear, it is very hard for them to experience a scuba diving experience because they have created the story about if they will get in water, they're going to die, right? And because of that fear, they will not take action towards experiencing one of the most beautiful things that you can do, which is to observe sea life, right? So because of that fear of the future, and again, in this scenario, there's not necessarily any other fear, but uh, maybe you are scared of India. <laughs> so I don't, I don't necessarily believe there might be a fear in context of the Taj Mahal and you actually creating that as a reality. Uh, but most people, in most instances, when they don't chase their dreams or when they don't live their purpose, when they doubt what they can create and what they can't create, is because they have an unsaid, ununderstood 
unreally uh, processed emotion or belief around what the future is going to look like and what it really implies. Like, a lot of people don't find success because, and, and again and again we found this, is they have this, this unnecessary belief because of the stories that people create around how successful people live their lives, that they will have to live that life. Like, for example... Successful people wake up at 4 a.m. Who wants to wake up at 4 a.m.? Nobody wants to wake up at 4 a.m., but that's a false belief. That's the fear of the future. Successful people don't have great families or don't have time for families. That's an unnecessary belief that's been propagated because that's just what was true for a few people that became examples. And hence, we started to believe that's the absolute truth, creating a fear of future that stops us from being able to take action. Well, I have... A lot of things to say back to that, but I want to make sure that we go to break and actually give Andre an opportunity to give a shout-out to our sponsors and be ready for a, a, a whole bunch of questions coming at you. Here you go, Andrea. Yes, we wanted to thank our sponsors. Our sponsors are The Keep Smiling Movement, thekeepsmilingmovement.com, The Red Carpet Connection, Hit Check, of course, Voice America, and the Umbrella Syndicate. So uh, thank you very much for all of them for standing up for who we are and that we amplify goodness. Ken, that's all we needed. Back to you guys. (laughs) Okay. So first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to A Bug Free Mind. That was a a brilliant mastermind that attracted 100 uh, thought leaders, people that really were about shifting the world through abundance, inspiration, and impact. So how did, how did you get to a bug-free mind as a quick, quick, quick answer? Well, I, I met Peter and, and the guys a long time ago at different masterminds. I think the first time I got introduced to them, I feel like was at Flight Club, which is also by a friend of ours, Glenn Ledwell, uh, and, which is a mastermind that he hosts with, again, soul-centered entrepreneurs. I think that was the first time that I got introduced to them. And, and ever since we have been in touch, uh, we are in similar industries. Like I, I, I helped build Mind Valley, which is a personal development movement, um, and uh, and a bug free mind intends to do the same. So that's where we connected the first time, and then we just stayed in touch. And he invited me to come speak at the stage. Is why I was there. When we met. And 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 the reason I started stalking you, like right out of the gate, I, the way <laughs> because Jet, the way you are on stage is actually very Gandhi esque, um, and it's not because. <laughs> You're Indian. It's actually because you're bald. No, it's not because you're bald. It's because of your heart. <laughs> your your Thank heart you. is so beautiful on stage. It's so easy to see your commitment. And so what I want you to do is, I, I first of all, I want to say, your book that I received, thank you very much for the book, A Book of Coaching for Extraordinary Coaches. It's funny to me that you chose this cover and how you downplayed your name. I mean, you have to use glasses with a microscope to find your name on the front cover. <laughs> and, I mean, you're, you're a guru. You are honestly a person of wisdom. And you have this major, like, white yield sign of the Book of Coaching. And you have this technology happening or, or modern art. And then you have your name, like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then you have your, um, mm-hmm. your co-author. So... Mm-hmm. Let's, let's address that first and foremost. Like, what, what was the uh, inspiration of this book cover? And give a shout-out to your co-author. So my co-author is actually now my wife. When we wrote the book, she, was, she wasn't. We were partners at that time. Um, and her name is Dr. Nita Bhushan. So now she's Dr. Nita Bhushan Navlaka. So 
she co-wrote the book with me, and what we wanted to do was to be able to create one one singular guide for anybody that wants to get into this profession or has been in this profession has been a little frustrated uh, because they've not been able to find a direction to create progress in their life. Uh, we wanted to give them something that uh, that they could take and keep it as something that's a death side book. They can flip over to any page and any chapter, and they will find a moment of inspiration, real action steps, real exercises that will help them make progress in their in their careers or take action and start the career if they haven't yet started the career. Uh, the, the reason way the cover is designed the way it's designed is because we wanted to highlight that there are many moving pieces, which is why the art has so many different pieces on the back uh, of when the book of coaching kind of is highlighted in it is because we wanted to make sure that people understand there are many pieces, but there is a clear path, which is the path of the book of coaching, uh, which is the orange uh, strike through that you see, not strike through, what do you say, the strip that goes across uh, behind the actual title. Um, the, the, there's no reason, per se, that we were hiding our name or anything like that. That wasn't really the intention, uh, but we believe that that's not the reason why somebody should be getting the book. I think the book has its own two feet. Uh, it has been, uh, we've had almost 40,000 people who have taken the book at some point, either digital version or physical book, uh, in this small industry, which is coaching, if you think about it. Uh, about 40,000 people have, have taken the decision to read the book or, or buy a copy at least for themselves or for somebody, uh, for them to refer it and, and, and use it in their practices. Um, and that's really where, where that comes from. So congratulations on 40,000 and congratulations on your book being fantastic. I, I only received it because of my cruise that I was just on. I had an hour or two to look it over and it, it's very impressive and I would highly recommend it uh, first and foremost. The, I'm a big cover guy because the cover sells the inside and I just want to say um, the reason I bring this up is because I think you are a guru. You are so wise and you are worthy of having your name really show up on the front cover that was why i made that point <laughs> second part is thank you i there's there's so little um connected to i guess the buddhist or the uh, spiritual side of what i think this book really addresses and i'm not going to necessarily encourage you but i'm going to make a comment that your book for me is is sunlight it's like the light of spirituality it's the the light of leadership it's the light of coaching so you have 40,000 and i'm not going to you you never can speculate at this point but the cover i see you is the light it's it's like um, not to be corny but kind of that buddhist uh, peace pose with uh, son and actually having coaching giving the ultimate abundance in life, which is the, as you put in the book many times, the the spectrum of balance. And, you know, that 40,000 could be 400,000. I'm just telling you, this book is that good, that 40,000 to me sounds small, even though it's an accomplishment. I think it's a 400,000 to 4 million um, impact because you actually go into it. And I was I almost wanted to open the book and see Gandhi as one of the first quotes, <laughs> but, uh, but but you, you have amazing quotes in here too. Uh, obviously, Steve Jobs means a lot to you because you put him as the first quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steve Jobs is a great inspiration of mine. I really believe yeah. in the idea and philosophy propagated of focusing on the product. Exactly, and and since chapter two goes right into time, bitch. Let's let's address <laughs> uh, since we're since we're at the beginning of a year, twenty twenty, and the beginning of a decade. Let's talk about chapter two real quick with time, bitch. What, how does that apply to creating a year that you really want to make impact and have a life you love? So that chapter came about because I constantly 
see us in this distracted world as as people who really want to achieve great things but are constantly doing doing distracted time in our life like there's always our phones by our side there's always something that is coming at us and we don't really do focus time in modern times because of the amount of things that we are plugged into at any given time it's a co- it's not a coincidence but literally over the weekend i was studying the work of dan brown uh, and in context of writing, he has a class on, on this uh, platform called masterclass.com. Uh, and I was taking that class, just writing, and one of the key things that he talks about is his creative process includes him completely disconnecting to what mm-hmm. the outside world has to offer. He literally forces himself into weird places so there is no internet connection, there is no possibility of internet connection, and most of his best work has been created in somewhat really odd locations. Like he would take an abandoned building and put a small foot heater and write on a crappy desk and, you know, like stuff like that. So he would he would really go to really odd places so he could be disconnected 4 a.m. in the morning to completely write his thing that he needs to write between 4 and 11 in the morning, or at least that's what he said in this program. So mm-hmm. it, it is very interesting that the world now, and it's true for coaching professions, true for trading profession. We feel we need to be more connected. We feel we need to post on Instagram 10,000 times every day. We need to do Facebook Live 17 million times before we can get any traction, and so on and so forth. And everybody teaches that. But to be real honest and be real real, the people who are able to really create traction are the people who are not doing that. They're not distracted by the world. They're creating attention by being undistracted and creating something that is of high value. And something of high value is always created in focused time. Focused time is the increasing return, is, is the time where you say, I'm going to sit down for two hours and I'm going to knock out the sales page or six hours and knock out the sales page. Or I'm going to sit down for two hours and create my offer and create my package and I'm going to put it out to the world in this particular sequence. I'm going to sit down and so on and so forth. There's a commitment to the process of doing the act, right? Because that's step one. Once you get to a stage where you have a team, then you don't have to do the act, but then you have to dream about the act. And that needs focus time, right? Because that's where you are directing other people and delegating other people to do the task. But still, if you have not designed that task, if you have not dreamed about that task enough, you won't have the sense of clarity that it needs. So be it 2020, be it 2021, or for the next decade especially, while technology is taking over the entire world, what is more and more important are people who can step away from all of the chaos that is coming at us and say, I'm going to focus on this, and that will create the exponential growth that I want to create for my life, for my work, for my family, for the things I love, for the impact I want to have. And that really is what that chapter is, and I think that's very timely, is, is to kind of recognize that, is that what is it that really creates transformative success? What is it that creates transformative output for the world to be able to go, oh, thank you very much for doing what you do. If you want to do that, if you want to create that, I think focus time is, is something to consider for sure. And that's a bit of a segue into your chapter six, Becoming Extraordinary, with a quote that I have mm-hmm. never seen before, but I love it. It's uh, with, uh, by Matt Shona, and it's um, the ordinary are here to fit into the world. The extraordinary are here to create their own worlds. And you go into four mm-hmm. levels there. Now, where did you find that mm-hmm. quote? And then can you go over the four levels, please? Absolutely. This quote, I don't remember where I found the quote. That would be a little tricky to kind of spot that right now. 
but that really fits into what is true about the world in many ways, right? If you will think about people who created great shifts in reality were the people who were pushing the edges. They were doing something that seems like, what the heck are you doing when they start to do it? But eventually it gets traction. And a lot of times it creates a lot of failure, but still creates traction. Recently, I was watching this documentary called General Magic, which is based on this company called General Magic, which was a spin-off of Apple when Steve uh, left the company. And, and that company is never known. Nobody has heard about General Magic. I'm sure unless you've known the documentary and you've, you live in San Francisco, you may hear about it. But otherwise, nobody knows about General Magic because they were, they were a financial failure. They actually didn't make any money. They crashed and bombed. Nobody bought their product. But General Magic is a singular source of every device that you look at today and that you love and appreciate. The iPad was first developed at General Magic. The iPhone was first developed at General Magic. The iPod was first developed at General Magic. So all of these different technologies that we love and appreciate and then moved us all into this great stage of being hyper-connected was all created by this absolute financial disaster called General Magic. And that's really what being extraordinary is about. It's sometimes, yes, you may be a financial failure, but you can move the society in ways that, that nobody had ever imagined before. You can create something that nobody may have imagined before. And, of course, a lot of times you become absolutely amazingly financially successful, like Apple, for example, right? It became one of the most valuable companies in the world, probably the most valuable company right now in the world, and what they were doing were pushing the edges. Google is pushing the edges. Facebook pushed the edges is why they became outrageously successful. And so if you want to be extraordinary, uh, don't try to see what everybody else is doing, but try to see what is unique about you and push those edges because as you push those edges, you'll start to experience your own extraordinary coming out in the world. Now, the four stages that I talk about is actually by my co-founder, Vishen Lakhiani, where uh, we talk about how growth really happens, how we start as human beings as focusing on ourselves and then we start focusing on an immediate future and immediate community. Then we start focusing on, on something that is greater than that and then the entire cosmos and the entire reality. It's, it's the seven levels of evolution, I think, is what you're really talking about. Uh, is right. what really what, uh, what, what really is the, is the summary of that. It actually well, is very deeply covered in my co-founder's book called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. And speaking of code... Uh, it's that level three that I find uh, a bit interesting, the recoding of yourself. And it yeah. speaks to me with the Henry Ford quote of whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And so we're always about actually proving that our code is correct. And so what is this mm-hmm. recoding yourself in level three? So uh, I think our code, like, it's like being the cookie in the cookie jar. Right? You'd never know the ingredients. You, you can feel the ingredients, but you never really know the ingredients. What I've found to be true is if you really want to be self-aware, you have to not only ask yourself the question of who I am, but you have to ask the question of who I am and how the world sees me. Because true self-awareness is not just an understanding of you, but an understanding of you and the world and how the world sees you. And that really creates... The, the real understanding, because that is also the synthesis of finding what's your code so you can recode yourself. Like we talked about previously in our conversation today, is to say, once you realize, hey, listen, there are certain elements of me that are created because of my past or things that I may have done in the past and created a belief around it, but that no longer serves me. 
And you would find that to be true, especially in love relationships and health relationships and financial relationships, very, very especially, is because we start to, one bad experience creates an absolute truth about the life from our perspective. But if you really think about it, it is relative truth. Now, there's a difference between relative truth and absolute truth. Relative truth is all about saying, how is my truth that stands against your truth? Like, there could be two people sitting in the room saying, one person can say, a million dollars is a lot of money. The other people, the other person can say, a million dollars is too little money. A hundred million dollars is a lot of money. Right? It's a relative truth. Neither of them is correct, and both of them are correct relative to their own reality. Right? Absolute right. truth is what is a lot of money. There is no absolute truth per se for that. Uh, because every is, everything is a, is a how much you can further push the line in context of money. But absolute truth is um, two plus two equals to four. That's an absolute truth because it's mathematical and it's been proven again and again. And if you change the world and rebuild it, it'll still come out that two plus two equals to four. They might say it in a different language, but it will still be two plus two equals to four. And that is an absolute truth. So you kind of have to go. Is this the absolute truth or is it a relative truth that I've created based on my belief systems, my past, my own fears? And if that is coming out to be, well, most of the things will come out to be relative truth. And hence, you can always recode because you can ask a bigger, better question that would change the reality of, of what you need to be true and hence create a new truth. So, Ajit, um, would it be true to say that I don't know the truth, I seek the truth, and until I can prove the truth, I will continue to grow. Is that a good approach? Absolutely. That is okay. a beautiful approach, Ken. That's brilliantly put, yeah. And, and in Chapter 11, you have tools to build the unbreakable centerpiece, and it's about truth, because your quote actually is a beautiful quote, that on the mountains of truth, you can never climb as in vain. Either you will reach a point higher up today, or you will be training your powers so that you can be, be willing to climb higher tomorrow. And that is actually a very important framework and mindset to understand that when you think you have the truth, you may actually stop growing and you may not have the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And centerpiece, really, the chapter itself talks about you being the centerpiece of any uh, business. In today's time, I, I must have coached at least 100 different companies. All of them are multi-million dollar companies. All of them are million dollar enterprises. And, and pretty much consistently, every single time I can say, without a doubt, that a company became successful or didn't become successful or kind of started to experience a negative turn is because the founder's mind changed. The person who was leading the organization changed in the approach that they had and the approach that they had about life and world and the meanings they made out of those approaches because of events that happened in their life. When the founder crashed, the company crashed. And the founder was able to uh, come back from a crash, the company was able to come back from a crash, which kind of reemphasized and reimagined and kind of re-ensured me that there is nothing else that can make or break the company as much as the founder's attitude and the founder's perspective and the lens of the world, which is why you, as the founder of a company, and when I say you, I mean everybody that's listening, you as the mm-hmm. founder, as the centerpiece of the company, is the most is the most important piece of the company. So never let that go. Never let yourself doubt yourself. Never let yourself, and even if you doubt yourself, find a way to get around it, right? Never let yourself create beliefs that would stop you from creating a new reality. Never doubt what is possible for you because, honestly, everything is possible for everybody. 
it is it is it is just our own minds, it's just our own beliefs, it's just our own DNA in many ways that stops us from being able to take the decisions that would create the actions that would make that reality come true. It's all about that decision making, right? The, the event is gonna happen and a decision is gonna be made. What is that decision that you're gonna make? That will change everything. If you make the decision saying, Hey, I know I had a bad week or a bad month and my financial revenues are down and so forth. Are you making the decision to say, I don't give a shit. I'm going to create a new reality starting today. I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm going to make this propel me. Like, what is the decision that you're making at that juncture? Are you starting to say, well, I think I'm not meant for this? Well, you're not meant for this then. A week from now or a month from then. Or it could be, hey, I'm meant for this, which is why I'm going to get past this and create a new reality. And hence, you will have a new reality a week, a month from then. Right, so it's always about us being able to make that decision and protecting the centerpiece as much as we possibly can to create a new reality. Beautiful. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Los Angeles. I live in Los okay. Angeles now. When we met, Very I was good. traveling around the world. Well, and- I wanted to tell you that as a photographer and a person who studies um, being and spirit, that when I took a photo of you, it was very inspiring because you really showed your heart and it, it, it appears to me that that's how you live is that your heart is guiding you to lead. And yeah, it's one of my favorite photos. I put you in several of my books because it's not only an inspiring photo, but it's really speaking to actually connecting with your heart or connecting with your spirit. I wanted to make sure we acknowledge a couple other parts of the book to kind of complete the book conversation. I want to give Andrea an opportunity to, um, to ask a question, then we go into rapid fire. So to to combine the last two chapters that I had a chance to look at, uh, chapter 30, do, and chapter 31, stage of success, can you um, briefly share how those chapters play into having a better 2020? Yeah, absolutely. Firstly, you need to understand, and this is related to the stage of success part, is you need to understand that every stage of business is different, and you need to recognize the stage to be to be able to define the actions that you're going to take. Previously, while we were having a conversation, I was talking about how you would be creating a focus time to be doing stuff, and then there will be a point where you will be creating focus time for dreaming stuff, right? The reason why we say there will be a time for this and a time for that is because it depends on the stage of the company that you're at. You see, we all have infinite potential. We have the whole universe that we want to capture, and we will. But when we start the journey... It's almost like, yes, you can do the whole universe, but if you go at it all together, you don't have the resources to be able to capture everything that the universe has to offer. You have to start from a small window and say, I'm going to capture everything that's available here, and then I'm going to tap into the greater universe. And that kind of is where the stages of business come in. And you have to kind of understand what are the different stages and what are the different areas that you need to focus on based on different stages of your, of your business. The second part is do, because one of the greatest things that you can do to grow your business is do something about it. Right? Most people claim that they will do a lot with their businesses, but they don't actually take action towards it. They don't actually do something that is in context of that, or they put it under the rug. They put it as less priority, second priority, last priority. They, they try to find other variables that can give them an immediate short-term gain instead of thinking about what is the long-term future that I want to be in two years, four years, ten years' time, right? The moment we change the dialogue to ask a three-year question or a ten-year question, our priorities will be very different to what we do today. 
And that doing will create the first big wave change in the business. And if you have a successful business, even that doing may look like dreaming and, and delegating, but that will create the first big wave of change for you in 2020 and for years to come from here on. Ajet, as executive director of the Keep Smiling movement, um, I have a question to serve the masses. Ken and I have this dream of, you know, really this Gandhi, Mother Teresa on steroids. What, um, Mm -hmm. you know, your book, the book of coaching is really, I see the precursor to your book, Live Big. What is the one area Mm -hmm. of focus that you recommend that Ken and I focus and dive deep in so that we really elevate this so big that we surpass our dreams for it. So it would be a deeper dive for me to give a really strong recommendation because I need to know where you are right now in your journey to be able to go, okay, what's the big thing for you to be able to really move the liver? But if I was to take a very generic approach, if your product's already getting traction, it is probably for you to now get it into hands where people can really massively turn the dial for you because advertising is not going to do it for a book like Keep Smiling, right? But if you've already got the product where people are raving about it or appreciating it or are recognizing that it's there, think about who's going to move the dial. Who is the person that you know that is talking about smile or who's talking about creating a movement around happiness and joy? Is it Dwayne The Rock Johnson that's talking about it or is it um, is it Gwela Palco over the Goop uh, community that she's talking about it? Or is there somebody else who's talking about it? And I'm taking these names as celebrities because sometimes a movement like Keep Smiling is not about, um, it's not about how, much, uh, how much money does a product have. It's most about, more about how much reach does a product has, right? And it's a, it's, a, it's a message that is possible to create virality around that it can get into the hands of a Beyonce or a Gwyneth Paltrow or a, or a Dwayne Johnson or whoever it may be. But those mm-hmm. people already may be having some sort of a narrative that will move the diet. I would say observe what humans of New York did because they may be a, a good case story for you to look at to understand how do you create virality around a brand that has a powerful message and it's something that is very accessible, which is what is the case for you guys from what my understanding is. Very good. And I want to just invite you that we are right around 82 of our 100 books that we want to complete of leaders who certainly exemplify a philosophy and are living a life that is inspiring and certainly can teach how that inspiring life can be brought to others who are either uninspired or want to play it on a higher level. So I invite you after this show to have a conversation where we can take 90 minutes to have what you said here and what you weren't able to say because of time limitations and turn it into your journey, your purpose, and your how you actually deliver these uh, these. Uh, drops of wisdom for abundance, problem solving, and inspiration. So I choose you, and I'm not going to stalk you for two years. I'm going to tell you right in the air, I would love for you to share your journey of how you create smiles. With that, I want to go to rapid fire as quick as possible and just ask you, who inspires you? Um, There's so many human beings that inspire me. I've constantly found new and interesting people that are around my life uh, that inspire me right now. Uh, my newborn is inspiring me in living in the moment so beautifully. Beautiful. Well, since we can't get your newborn on the air, who would be someone that would be a recommendation 
based on what you believe and what the show's about? Um, I think you should look at Lisa Nichols, Vishen Lakiani, both, both are friends and partners in many ways, and they're a wonderful individual. Marissa Pierre, if you're struggling with, with something that needs more theoretic approach. Beautiful. Andrea? Uh, what is the song that inspires you? Uh, boy. <laughs> it would be a funny song, but recently I, I found this song by Armin Van Buren. It's, it doesn't have much lyrics. It has like two lines. It's called Blah, Blah, Blah. Uh, it, it is interesting because uh, the lines, and I, I, I may be misquoting the way he says it in the song, but the song really says, all, all they say is, yeah, yeah, all they say is blah, 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 and I, so I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically, mm-hmm. for me, what the meaning of this song really summarizes is, is that the world will tell you that you should do whatever this and that, or you're not good enough, or you're this, and, you know, like stuff like that. And, and all you have to say is, all right, I acknowledge, I, I hear you, but I'm going to keep doing what I got to do, right? I know it's probably not the meaning of the song, but that's how I hear it. So that's what, that, that is my new favorite right now. Okay, so very, very quick rapid-fire answer. Um, name the book that changed your life. Uh, the first book was uh, Who Moved My Sheep. That is a great one. And what is a quote you live by quickly? Uh, to live in the moment. Okay, and how can people connect with you, website only? Um, just uh, You can go to ajitnavlaka.com if you can spell that, but it's A-J-I-T-N-A-W-A-L-K-H-A, ajitnavlaka.com. Uh, that would be a great place to catch up with me. You can go to evercoach.com, which is one of our other websites and other businesses, E-V-E-R-C-O-A-C-H.com. Well, Ajit, you have been amplified and... It was worth the two years of stalking you, chasing you mm-hmm. to get you on the show. Uh, you have a beautiful spirit, and I'm so inspired by you. You have made 2020 a better year already because you have actually shared your soul on Amplified. I hope that I can serve you like you have served so many. Thank you. We'll be back next week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.